Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell Movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now... Here are your co-hosts. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast, the Common Ground Unity Podcast. We're so glad to have each of you back with us for another good conversation. Our mission here on the Common Ground Unity Podcast is to have great conversations, contribute to what we hope is an ongoing dialogue that leads towards unity within not only the streams of the Stone Campbell restoration movement, but even beyond with all believers. So we, we really believe in the mission. Our saying is unity starts with a cup of coffee. And by that, we mean, hey, grab a cup of coffee, meet up with somebody that you don't know, uh, have a conversation, have a dialogue and begin to build relationships with other believers and other believers in our movement. We've got two great guests today. Um, they're brothers. And, and the theme of our first podcast is how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Uh, I've got it based out of Psalm 133, verse 1. Uh, these two brothers are Rudy and Fate Haygood. And if you live out here on the West Coast like I do, you're very familiar with Rudy and Fate. They both have a, a ministry that, that's known that, that impacts the greater church out this way. And I, I know known uh, in other places as well. Uh, Rudy, just to give an introduction, he serves as lead pastor with University Christian Church in Los Angeles, graduated from Hope International University and Southwestern Christian College. Uh, Rudy was born in Los Angeles, but as you're going to see with his uh, brother, his family is from Alabama uh, originally, so he considers himself a West Coast guy with a, a down South flair. Um, Rudy and his wife, they have seven children. Uh, and Rudy, uh, one of the things that just captured our heart, both for him and fate, is they are both passionate about unity. Um, Rudy has over 20 years of experience in ministry and social work. Um, he, he works toward the things that he talks about and lets God use him toward these ends. Uh, at a personal note, uh, man, I already connect with him. His favorite sports baseball, that's mine as well. I'm a Padre fan, though. He, I don't know. He may be a Dodger fan. Um, says it is fa favorite. Well, there we go. So, you know, already attention there. <laughs> his, his favorite food changes every week. He's read over 70 Star Wars books. Easy. So, uh, you know, it's, his intro says he may just be a Jedi master. That's some good, uh, good stuff. Fate, his brother. Uh, serves as a pastor teacher at Metropolitan Church of Christ in Carson, California. So they're both in the Los Angeles area. Fate was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, he studied at Southwestern Christian College, Lubbock Christian University, the Bay Area School of Preaching. Uh, he and his wife have two children, Destiny Elaine and Fate the Fourth. So there is another fate here rising up. And fate loves his family, keeps them as a priority in his life. But I know from hearing, having heard fate preach on a number of occasions, he loves the kingdom of God and loves unity. And he as well is working towards 
uh, that end. Um, by the way, just to give you a little bit of perspective, since this is going out largely to people in Stone Campbell Restoration Movement churches, Churches of Christ, International Churches of Christ, Independent Christian Churches and Churches of Christ, these are two brothers who have uh, served in and have their feet in both places. Uh, Rudy, uh, his background, I believe, I can say is growing up and and ministering with a cappella Churches of Christ and now uh, also in independent Christian churches where he currently is in fate. Um, I think fate will go preach the gospel anywhere he's called and has uh, served for, for many years out here on the West coast in ministry and churches of Christ. So they are uh, well uh, adapt and capable and experienced to talk to the things that we're going to talk about today. Welcome brothers. Good to have you with us. <laughs> Great to be here. Good to be here. Yeah. Good to be here. Well, let me open things up. I told these guys that, that this is the first time I have interviewed a couple of uh, cover models. They, they were the uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were the face of on the cover of the Christian Standard back in February, where they had just two excellent articles on unity. And so, uh, I would encourage you to go online. And we've had uh, the editor of the uh, Standard, the Christian Standard, on here you know, go subscribe, but get online and find those articles. They're excellent. So to, uh, to just tee off, guys, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourselves, your your life, your ministry, your spiritual journeys. And why don't we start with you, Rudy, and then uh, Fate? Well, I, I'm going to I'm gonna throw that to Fate because uh, age before beauty. And, uh, <laughs> matter of fact, I was, uh, I was at Spire, uh, which is a restoration movement conference, if you don't know, and I saw Doug Parks, and he told me to tell my dad, Fate, to wow. return his calls. So we're wow. going to go age before beauty and uh, <laughs> let, let Fate uh, see us off. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> I, I'm the little brother, so I always defer to my big brother. So. <laughs> well, um, uh, let me see. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Tell us a little bit, Fate, about your your life, your ministry, your spiritual journey, the things that have led you to where you are today. Oh, well, uh, wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, wow. Um, that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> um, and you well, can share I, as much or as little as you. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, I grew up in um, uh, uh, South, um, in Los Angeles, some in South Central. Um, some in Compton, um, some in Watts, some in just all over uh, L.A. County. Um, I was, uh, wow, that's a big question. Uh, what, what, what got you into ministry? What made you sense, oh, okay, man, this is, this is where I'm being led and called to? And, well, I, was, and, um, I grew up, uh, I still am a fan of, of comic books, um, fantasy novels, well, all kind of novels. Um, and that's where my, where I thought I was going, um, somewhere in art. Um, but I was always in church. My mom kept us in church. So one day, uh, Dr. Calvin Bowers, who has gone on to be with the Lord now, um, came to me and he, he asked me to outline a sermon, which I had never done. He just, he said, I want you to put together a sermon, you know, and, and preach it. I said, okay. So I put it together and um how old were you at that time, Fate? Um 14, 15. Okay. And I'm I'm I put it together and um uh you know he read it, he came back and he was uh 
at that time he was one of the professors of, of preaching at Pepperdine. And he came back and he told me, he said, Faith, uh, this is better than my students. <laughs> you know, mm, wow. I, you know, <laughs> I, I would just, you know, I just outlined it. Um, and and I, the first sermon was um, uh, too much, too little, too late. Uh, from an old, uh, I think, Peace and Herb song. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, the first line was, uh, uh, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, gave strange censor to the Lord. They li- they did a little bit too much, so it went off, went you know went down from there. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, so from from there, um, I just became one of the boy preachers in the in the city. And there was about, there was a whole group of us back then. Um, from there, I started preaching all over the state, all over the country. Hey, describe that term, Fate, because I'm familiar with it. A lot of our listeners may be from outside of Acapella Churches of Christ may not be. Boy preacher? Yes. You, you. Um, well, well, um, um, Dr. Hogan, um, Dr. Bowers, um, Brother Woody Morrison, several of us, um, they would raise up preachers. And they were all young boys. It started... <laughs> Uh, probably 40 or 50 years before that, um, where uh, people like uh, Marshall Keeble, um, J.S. Winston, um, would would just gather together a group of boys and teach them to preach. Now, with me, it was not as, I guess, as uh, as deep as it was with them. They would literally leave their homes and go live with the older preacher and travel the country um, doing revivals and gospel meetings, et cetera, with the older preacher. And so they became known as, as preachers. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, what, what an investment in and pouring into young people. And I think there's a great loss of that today. Absolutely. And I just always impressed by those, those men who went on to become powerful preachers who were discipled in that way. So Absolutely. I just wanted others to hear about that. I was familiar with it, but wanted you to expand just a bit. Yep. So that, that led me to, um, again, I was going into comic book art and architecture, et cetera. Um, found it wasn't for me, and and I went to the Bayer School of Preaching. Um, um, after that, Dr. Bowers asked me, he said, you know, you should you should try Southwestern. I went to Southwestern. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that pretty much, you know, got me into um, this calling. And most of your ministry years have been out here in the Los Angeles area. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stay, stay out here. We, we, we need people out here on the West Coast. I'm trying, but y'all heathens. <laughs> See, there's the Alabama wow. coming out now. Wow. <laughs> We're trying to change that. Faith. Come on. We need to call others listening out here. Rudy, tell us a little bit about your uh spiritual life kind of your journey into ministry some okay. of the formative experiences and maybe people in your life that brought to brought you to where you are all right um faith kind of outlined kind of where we grew up and uh uh obviously i grew up in the restoration movement uh in particular in the non-instrumental churches of christ uh i'm a ram meaning i'm a proud graduate of southwestern yes, christian sir. college there we go <laughs> speaking Good of shout uh, out. yeah speaking of the preacher boys uh marshall keeble um he he had some boys that would uh travel with him and that he taught and 
One of those guys was Fred Gray, who became the attorney for mm. Dr. Martin Luther King. And uh, I'm looking at my wall, and on my degree, you see Fred Gray's signature. I never met the man, but I'm all proud to see his signature on my <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> on my uh, on my degree from Southwestern <laughs> Christian College. And so, Absolutely, uh, there's a legacy there of um, developing um, young men out of the um, Church of Christ that uh, I'm proud to be a part of, because uh, actually, Faye did the same thing for me. Um, I we were uh, at the you know old school. I don't know if you guys still do this, but old school, just you know, morning service, evening service, you know, that kind of thing, and. We're at an evening service is for the real Christians, right? Because, you know, you got to be a real Christian to come back. <laughs> Absolutely. The faithful so at, sound brethren. <laughs> that's right. So we're at evening service, and, uh, you know, Faye gets up to preach, and uh, he goes, uh, uh, we are in for a treat this evening. We have. <laughs> he goes, we have three guest preachers that you are just going to love, or something like that. And I'm sitting there, and you know, it's 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 the evening service, so you know everybody. And so I'm looking around, and I'm like, I was excited because I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, who are these guys? It's gonna. And I'm looking around, and I don't see anybody that I don't know. And I go, oh no. <laughs> and Faye goes, uh, Rudy. Felix and Lee, you got 10 minutes to get 10 minutes ready to preach. I was like, ah! Oh, oh that's so, great. <laughs> that's how I preached my first sermon. And you know what? I never would have preached if they did that. I'm Man, actually, that is... Uh, yeah, I'm actually an introvert, and uh, it's just something I would have never done. Um, I was a <laughs> little brother to a preacher, so I know how people treat preachers. So I was like, why would you choose that? <laughs> no, you and, you got to be called or yanked into it exactly and so uh so fade uh you know he definitely uh has been formative in my life i'm also a royal uh, which means i'm a proud graduate of hope international university now southwestern christian college is a church of christ school and hope is uh independent christian church school and so um i i, I have a connection uh in two major streams of the restoration movement um and so, you know, but for all my love for academia and Christian education, uh, I'm a discipleship guy. Um, going back to fate, um, fate has been incredibly influential in my life. Back in 99 through 02, I was discipled by fate. And um, so even though I joke about him being my dad um, on an age level, but um, actually he's a father to me. He's a spiritual father. Uh, he's my biological brother, but he's a spiritual father to me. And uh, that time in discipleship, um, not only did I own my faith, uh, it changed my vocation, it changed my direction, and uh, he knows this already, but I, I owe a lot to faith. Even as a little brother growing up, he always took care of me, and um, as a young man, he discipled me into who, whatever I am today, it's his fault. So, um, <laughs> I'll, take my, I'll take that. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to ask Fate to write another article for one of our, our magazines about this great model of calling guys into ministry. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm going to try that. I've been wondering how do we do this. I'm just going to start telling guys on the front pew, "Come on up, you got the sermon today." That's yeah. great. <laughs> what a what a great story. Yeah. Um, so so let's talk a little bit. I, I mentioned the Christian Standard articles that mm -hmm. uh, that you all wrote, and you know here you are, two brothers both growing up in restoration churches, um, you know, both, both growing up in the acapella stream that the churches of Christ that are acapella, non-instrumental. And then, uh, Rudy, you've kind of, ex uh, moved over into ministry in an independent Christian church. Talk about being, you know, brothers who are united 
in a movement that suffers from division uh, and disunity? And, and maybe, Rudy, a little bit about that shift in your life okay. and ministry. Go on, Age Before Beauty. Wait a minute. He said Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> so you got this one first, brother. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, man, it it just kind of is, meaning uh, um, all I know is fate being my brother. Like, fate has a an awareness of a time um, of us not being brothers, but I don't. And so all I know is unity with my brother, um, doing life with my brother, um, and so, and, and I think that we miss that in Christ. I think sometimes uh, because we come to Christ and we, we have these memories prior to being one in Christ, um, I think we forget um, that once you're in the body of Christ, there is nothing else that we, we, we are unified. Um, Amen. Yeah. And so um, my journey, um, you know, as far as faith being my brother and unity, um, faith I'm a little brother. I'm a middle. I'm a middle uh, middle child. That's, that's how I grew up, and so unity has always been natural for me. It's it's a um, I want to hold things together, so it is a part of my DNA and, and personality. Um, but fate um, fate has always been a guy, regardless of how he was uh, received or treated, that tried to hold on to unity. Um, and I remember being when we first launched. Metropolitan Church of Christ, that's uh, the church plant um, that we launched together and, and fate still leads to this day. Um, when some of us young bucks were like, forget everybody. <laughs> you know, because, you know, fate was always like, no, no matter how. And he was he was receiving the brunt of it. He was receiving the worst of the hits, the worst of the arrows. Um, we all got some, but he got the worst. You know, I mean, it was not even comparable. And he was always the one who said, um, those are our brothers, those are our sisters. Or he would always say, um, how would that impact sister so-and-so or how would that impact this person or that person? He was always concerned about the other. So I, I learned a lot of mm. what unity is about um, from faith. Because it's easy to be unified when you agree. It's easy to be unified when uh, things are going well. Um, but faith has this ability. Um, now, he can explode on you. But uh, outside of that, <laughs> faith has this ability to hold on to what matters Um even while the arrows are pointed directly at him. So, and yeah. so I, I learned a lot from my brotherhood with faith on what it means to be a brother uh, in Christ. Um, Love that. Well, um, yeah, for, for me, when you talk about uh, unity as far as my brother, uh, it's family. It's family. Um, he's my brother. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't really have a deep explanation for it. You know, he's my brother. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's our reality. <clears throat> um, I would say um, if, if my brother decided to, to become a Jesuit priest, he could still come preach at my church. If he, you, you know, he's my brother. He would have to be an ax murderer or something for me <laughs> don't, to don't get any ideas. Rudy. <laughs> for, me, for me to not uh, accept him and, and fully embrace him as my brother. Um, and, and I think that speaks to one of our major problems with unity in the body is that we don't have any, well, that's, that's too blanket of a statement. We often don't operate from a place of, of non-negotiables. 
i.e., this is my brother, period. Mm-hmm. You know, not my brother if, blah, 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 blah. No, th- it's my brother and it's blood. Um, therefore, my job is to paint him in the best possible um, um, shades. My job is to um, seek for us to be unified. And if if someone has to sacrifice in order for for the other to be great, it's my job to do so. Um, mm. I, I think that's also the, I think that's also the, the way of Jesus. You know that that Jesus, he did everything, so that his disciples might be successful. Um, everything short of denying who he was. But everything he did was to make sure every sacrifice he made so that that in Matthew 28, when he said, go, um, they were equipped to turn over the world, no matter how much of a knucklehead they were, you know, forgetting who he <laughs> was and, and you know, forgetting the miracles and, and being violent. And I mean, things he never showed them. Um, but by the time he set them off, his goal was was done. And I think, think when, I, when I think about my brother, um, I am extremely, extremely proud of my brother uh, in several ways, um, not only for, for ministry, but for, for how amazing a father he is and how amazing a husband he is. Um, and so so for me, it's a no-brainer. It's my brother, you know. A- amen. Yeah. And Fate, are you, are you a Dodger fan too? Absolutely. Okay, well. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And thank you, Padres fans, for giving us such comic relief all year. Let, let, let's not go there now. now there, there are places, places of tension, brother. <laughs> oh, as we're recording this, we're still chasing at least a wild card. That's all I'm going to say. There you Absolutely. go. There you go. <laughs> and I'm hoping yeah, you get it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I Probably for another reason than than I have. Oh no, no, no. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem with the Padres. I'm just, I'm just a no. fan. Yeah, <laughs> I fully appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. We all ought to go to a game sometime together awesome. in the same city, yeah. um, or when they're in one of our cities. So, Rudy and Fate, I, I mentioned uh, your uh, two articles, excellent articles, by the way that you wrote for the Christian standard in February Thank you. that captured our attention. So Rudy, I'm going to start with you. Um, you, you wrote in that article, there's, there's just a great quote. Uh, it, it says, notice unity isn't commanded. It is assumed to be in the DNA of believers. It is expected. It's at the core of Christian convictions it is as if unity is the nature of one who has been touched by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Could you unpack some of your thoughts behind that s- statement and, and the article itself? Yeah, let me let me read um, what I'm uh, speaking from. Uh, Ephesians 4 it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, and then it goes into this, this beautiful poem, you know, one body, one spirit. And, and, and so when you, when you read that, there's no command here for unity. 
there's 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 this assumption this expectation as if it is who you are it, it reminds me of when i would do something wrong at school and and my you know my mom or my dad would say what's your last name yep Re- reminding me of mm-hmm. who who i am uh, reminding me that you know my name means something that just just my inclusion in this family comes with uh, a certain dna or expectation um, it's, uh, I think I wrote in an article, it's, you don't, you don't command a human being to breathe, um, that there's something <laughs> greater than a command. And, and those things are, um, I think I call them divine assumptions, um, <laughs> where God just assumes that this is the reality of what's going to happen. You don't, you don't command a human being to breathe. Um, you might teach him how to breathe better, but you don't command him to breathe. And that's how unity, um, is treated here. And uh, um, for instance, um, this idea of, of, of breathing, when, when Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, and when you pray, he doesn't ask them to pray. Yep. Because praying mm-hmm. um, in the body of Christ is like breathing to a human. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's the nature and DNA of who we are. Um, now, if you got sleep apnea, you might want to learn <laughs> how to breathe better. Uh, we might want to get better at our unity, um, but we don't get to choose it. Um, uh, Joni Erickson taught us, says, believers are never told to become one. We already are one and are expected to act like it. And I, I think in, uh, we, I think we make unity this side doctrine. Uh, we mm-hmm. make it this thing that... Um, Sometimes we make it this thing that liberals do. Um, and, and I would say it is a core conviction. It is it, it, in all of our convictions, unity um, must be one. So when he high, when he, when he, when Paul highlights maintain the unity of the spirit, um, he's saying we have to maintain God's unity. It's, it's, yep. it's not ours. Um, we have to be passionate about passionate about keeping unity because it was never ours to begin with. It, it's the spirit's unity. It's God's house. So God gets to define the rules. Um, I, I'll be a little more practical. Um, as a parent, um, my kids don't have a right to walk in unity or not. They are hey goods. They are part of this family. Mm-hmm. So that's the reality of what it means to be in this house. We are one family. Um, and I got seven kids, if you don't know. And uh, they are all different. They all think differently. They all have different gifts, but they do not have a right um, to dishonor one another. And when they do, obviously, I try to get them to handle it. But if they don't, then, you know, mama and papa get involved because we are one unit and it is disrupting um, our unit. Um, So this this is God's house. So it's God's unity. It's the it's the unity of the spirit and we have no right because it's not ours we have no right to steal from god that which never belonged to any one of us it has always been god's um you guys had dr foster on here uh, who's a mentor of mine and he said unity is already in existence we do not create it it not only exists it belongs to god tampering with it is burglarizing the bond of peace uh, in all of our convictions, unity must be one of our core convictions. Man, I I love that 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 quote jumped out at me. Tampering with it is to burglarize the bond of peace. Well, that's a that is a memorable, I guess we'd say today, a tweetable hmm. excerpt out of that article. 
And your your point is so well taken, one that so needs to be heard. We, we don't create or build unity. We maintain what the Holy Spirit has created. And, That's right. Man, just love that, brother. Love that emphasis. Yes, sir. Faith, you also wrote a great article in the, the Standard as well. And, and you spoke about an appeal, and this is to quote you, an appeal to radical unity through humility. And in it you wrote, uh, these teachings from the book of Philippians scream for unity. And by the way, I've heard fake preach. I can almost hear him working up. He's a great <laughs> preacher that he is to this. Uh, these teachings from the book of Philippians scream for unity and community among the citizens of the kingdom of God. Our country is divided by aggressive and often nasty political rhetoric. It should not be so among God's people. Boy, tell us more about your thoughts behind this statement and unpack that a little bit for us. Well, um, uh, this, in, this, in this epistle, um, the apostle kind of directed all of the teachings there toward unity. Uh, it's very interesting that when you look at his teachings, you can see it screaming unity, 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 and community. Um, but it's screaming it because it needed to be screamed. Because these people, this church that, that Paul loved greatly was not unified. Um, they, had a, they had several divisions, but one of the core divisions was between these two ladies, Euodia uh, and Syntyche. And he said, you know, y'all need to get it together. Y'all need to get mm -hmm. it together. Um, or else you're going to you know, tip the entire body because that's more important than whatever your little issues are. And so when we talk about radical unity through humility, um, it, it's radical not because it's actually radical. It's radical because it is so different than our present cultural um, modus operandi. It is, we are sometimes uh, radically disunified and individualistic, whereas the scriptures call for us to be unified regardless of our differences, even to the point where the apostle will say, love will cover a multitude of sins. And yes, that's sins. That's not mistakes. Um, love will, will uh, keep the body together by being able to overlook even sins. And so when he says, when I say uh, it's an appeal to radical unity through humility, if you are prideful, if you get in your feelings, um, it's hard to be unified because now the goal is being right or the goal is winning or the goal is protecting my personal brand or et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to the goal being, as Rudy said before, maintaining the unity of the spirit, um, that unity which belongs to the spirit. And so when I talk about it screaming for unity and community among citizens of the kingdom of God, um, that's what I mean. And, and, I, and I, I look at our country as being so divided by aggressive and nasty political rhetoric that in the church, um, we, we take that same vibe on. Um, we, we camp ourselves mm. off into liberal and conservative and this and that. Um, and we use rhetoric to, to hurt and destroy one another. But I believe we're, we're only as healthy as our rhetoric. I think I don't think our rhetoric um, 
uh, is formative, I think our rhetoric is um, revealing. I think it mm. says at the heart of who we are. And I don't think it should be that. I, I don't think we have ever have a right to um, um, the, the, the scripture, the old King James Version would say, be blasphemous. To, to speak things mm -hmm. that are meant to be evil and hurtful in order to gain uh, political advantage. I, I'll use a story of, of Matthew, in Matthew 12, where Jesus was, was you, you know, Matthew 12 is when, when the uh, rhetoric of the scribes, Pharisees, etc., start to really ramp up, and they really start to try to destroy the Son of Man. And you get to this story where Jesus heals this guy who is, uh, he has two problems, a spiritual and a, and a physical problem. Um, his physical problems were he was, he was blind and he was mute. And his spiritual problem was that he had a demon possessing him. Of course, Jesus dealt with all of that. But instead, instead of them rejoicing, they ramped up their rhetoric. This man does it by Beelzebub. And then Jesus gives one of the most scathing Rebukes he gave has given ever in scripture. You know, the one that contains the unforgivable sin, the, the one uh, where he talks about a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand, um, all because now the rhetoric is starting to ramp up. And I think that's what happens to us. I think we need to be called on it. And I, and I, and I, when I say we, I mean us. I mean, yes. I mean, we need to be called on it, all of us, on, on the rhetoric. Yeah. What a great observation. Because once the rhetoric gets just inflamed and enlarged, it's so hard to pull back. You know, pride gets us there, but, man, it requires humility to pull back from all that. And, and that, if, if pride is in the middle of that, uh, people protect their turf. They protect what they've said. That is a great application of Matthew 12. I, I, I had not looked at that text in that light as it contributes to unity. Boy, that... Thanks for that insight. And uh, boy, that, there's my memorable excerpt. Uh, our rhetoric is informative. Our re rhetoric is revealing. Yes, sir. To think about our words so much in Scripture that calls us to that. So, uh, man, this has been a great conversation. The, the time flies on these podcasts. <laughs> um, and, and we've already been over a half an hour. Oh, wow. And could just continue on this theme. But I, I want to end this podcast. I, I want you to two, two to kind of take your minister's coat off for a minute, put a doctor's coat on. And if the two of you were prescribing medicine for the Stone Campbell movement, uh, what would your prescriptions include? And then maybe even for, you know, broaden that out to building bridges to the larger uh, body of believers. You, you making me go first again? All right. Awesome. I'm going to make you go first. It's, it's, right. worked, it's worked well up to now. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I I always say defer to the big brother there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I, I got three L's. Uh, listen to the teacher. Learn the tenets. And live in town. And so um, um, listen to the teacher uh john 17 every time i read that it just wrecks me uh, mm -hmm. jesus says in verse 20 i do not ask for those only but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one just as you father are in me and i in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me i've given to them that they may be one even as we are one 
I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. First, uh, when I when I hear that, I'm like, Jesus had 2020 in mind when he was saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, you look at all the division that um, 2020 revealed um, was already under the surface. Um, and Jesus is saying that they might be one. It's I, I see I see Jesus begging, pleading with God um, that we might walk in unity. And if that doesn't break your heart, if that doesn't wreck your heart, um, then there, there's there's some kind of disconnect between you and the teacher. So first, listen to the teacher. Um, second, learn the tenets. Um, I'm speaking from a, a restoration um, point of view, and uh, I think. Uh, there's some great things. We are a unity movement. I think we've forgotten that. Um, with with our, we used to be three major streams, now it's four major streams. Um, I think we've forgotten the unity that we were built on. I'm just going to share these tenets. Uh, number one, the Church of Jesus Christ on earth is essentially, intentionally, and constitutionally one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, where the scriptures speak, we speak. Where the scriptures are silent, we are silent which became called Bible things by Bible names. Yes. I, I can hear brother. I can hear brother Hogan saying that. Uh, <laughs> some, some good motifs. I, yeah. I was raised on those. Motifs. Yes. Good ones. Uh, we are Christians only, but not the only Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, in essentials, unity. In opinions, liberty. In all things, love. And then finally, no creed but Christ. No book but the Bible. No law but love. No name but the divine. Uh, I think I think those 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 essential beliefs would bring us back to unity and oneness um, in the restoration movement. I think we have to remember the restoration movement's goal was not to create unity um, just in this one movement, but to create unity throughout Christendom, um, throughout the entire body of Christ. And I think if we go back to that. Um, I think that would be um, an elixir for our disunity. And finally, uh, just to be practical, live in town. Uh, What I mean by that is um, I'm going to say something big, something medium, something small. Live in town. Like do life with other believers. So do something big. Go to a conference outside of your stream. Yes. Go to go to Spire. Go to the Pepperdine Bible Lectures. Go to something outside of your stream and start to build relationships. within the the greater community of the restoration movement something medium go across the street invite and attend uh uh, another restoration movements event um you go send your people invite them to something um start to be a part of one another's um, fellowship beyond just your own and then something small which i think is uh one of the principles of common grounds just grab a cup of coffee um, something I do a lot is I text encouragements. Um, I, I'll just uh, on Sunday morning, su- Sunday morning, text um, another pastor or preacher and say, you know, give them Jesus. It, little things. Do something big. Do something medium. Do something small. Um, let's actually be active um, in walking in unity. Man, you're. Th- that's some good preaching there, brother. You've given me a good outline. I can tell I'm talking to a fellow preacher. Some good alliteration. Listen to the teacher. Learn the tenets. Live in town. That yes, sir. Good medicine there, brother. Yes, sir. Fate, what about you? Well, uh, mine's not as pretty. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just read to you from, from Titus 3. 
Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, to show true humility toward all men. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have, been, who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. If I had to give us a, a key for unity, I'd put it right there in Titus 3, 1 through 9, 1 through 11. It, it gives us a theology of, of unity and salvation it gives us orthodoxy. It gives us orthopraxy. It gives us common ground to, to be able not only to pursue, but what to do when people don't pursue. Um, that's why I would mm. sit. If I was saying, you know, take this, take two of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is some good medicine right there, brother. And, and what a great way to end with, with the word of God speaking to our hearts and informing us about the path forward brothers it has been a a uh, delight to have this conversation with the two of you and i look forward to continuing it next week um i want to say to our our listening audience um man rudy is going on about four hours of sleep because <laughs> as we're recording this he got in after midnight back to la from the spire conference so rudy thank you and fate thank sure, you brothers thank you um if you would uh if you'd like to hear these brothers preach, you can go to their websites. You just got to Google Rudy at University Christian Church in the Los Angeles area. Get his website and listen to some of his sermons. Be blessed by these brothers of their ministry. Fate, he is at the Metropolitan Church of Christ in Carson, California. And let me encourage you, go back and read those articles from the Christian Standard, February of 2021. Um one is entitled a core conviction for all of us. That's Rudy's article. And fates is what's wrong with our movement. Why can't we unify? Why can't we reconcile great articles? They'll both be back with us for our next podcast. So be sure to join us again next week when we'll be dropping another podcast with Rudy and fate. Thank you for being with us, folks. Go grab a cup of coffee and get with a brother or sister in Christ and more and start building those friendships in the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. 
There are plenty of resources, and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.